The high school basketball playoffs on Round Guy Radio are brought to you by, or powered by the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. And we're also sponsoring the card show this Saturday, uh, tomorrow, uh, at the uh, Penn Central Mall in Oskaloosa, Iowa, sponsored by Home Plate Sports Cards, another one of our sponsors. We have the, the coach of the uh, Keokuk Chiefs who just uh, uh, set the state ablaze last night with a big win over Sullen. Uh, welcome to the program, and can you introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm Coach Zach Summers, your head coach of uh, Keokuk Chiefs, and uh, very, very proud head coach right now. Well, I did call uh, uh, a JV game between you guys and Fairfield. Uh, I got the, got a little look at it. Interviewed your uh, your, your junior varsity coach. Uh, we had our eye on on your your team all year long. I've been reporting the scores. Uh, let me ask you first about this Clark kid. Uh, he's an awful big kid. Seems like he's uh, got a lot of athletic. Is he a junior, senior? What is he? Yeah, no, he's actually a sophomore. So he's you know he's going to be a problem for a couple more years, and he's oh. he's a very very talented kid. And the thing with him, you know, there's I've, I've actually had the luxury of of coaching a, a few other big kids in my career, but none like Jackson. Jackson's got skill sets that that I've never seen before personally. Obviously, there's other kids out there that that have that, but Jackson is a kid that can he can shoot from outside. He can he can post you up with his back to the basket. And one thing he does really really well, especially for a sophomore, especially for a kid his size, is he passes out of the post really well. And and our kids kind of figured that out this summer where when we get the ball to Jackson, our other kids get open because he he just demands so much attention on himself. And he's done a really good job of finding people, hitting people out of double teams. He's just a super talented kid. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm going to have him for a couple more years. But, yeah, he's special, and he's got a chance to be really special moving forward. Well, we just talked to Coach Perkins a little bit ago uh, to give us a little perspective on on what happened there. Uh, And he's insistent that you guys are not just a one-man team. He's got some good guards. You, you got some other players that go around him. Can you uh, let our listeners know a little bit about, uh, since it's the first time we've talked to you this year, uh, a little bit about the supporting cast uh, around this young man? Yeah, we do. You know, we, we're very lucky with the talent that we have right now. And, you know, it, it it's kind of led by Diego Garcia. He's, he's our senior that... Um, you know, last year he was one of the best scorers in our conference and he was a kid that had to score a lot for us because we were quite honestly, just young and inexperienced and, and didn't really know how to play. And, and Diego's been a kid that's been a four year varsity player for us. And he had to lead us last year and we just had no other choice this year. He understood with Jackson in the mix in the middle and, and kid like Brent Horde and Tramel Smith that can, that can score in many different ways. He knew that, that his role was going to change a little bit this year and really coming into the year, I didn't know how he would respond to that. And, and to be quite frank, he responded better than I could even imagine. I mean, if you look at his stats, everything is up across the board with him except points. And, you know, he's increased his assist total, his rebound total. He's a kid that just wants to win this year as a senior. And he does a little bit of everything for us. And he's came up big in this postseason for us. He's a kid that can get to the rim on almost anybody and, and win he demands an extra uh, an extra defender he can find the open person and he's just a really really good leader for us and has done all the 
little things to help us. And then mentioning Brenton Horde and Tramel Smith are two kids that can just score the basketball and, and score in many different ways. There are guys that can score outside, they can score inside. Um, Tramel is still just learning how good he can be. And he's a kid that next year I look to have a huge senior year for us. And he's having a huge playoff run for us right now. And, and he just keeps getting better. And Brenton Horde is a kid that makes winning plays. Last night, you know, 11 seconds left in the game, Solon gets off a three to try to go ahead, misses it, and I've never seen Brenton get up as high as he did for that rebound. He just does the little things, the winning things, the winning plays. He had a stretch against Mount Pleasant there um, in the second half when the game was still close where he hit a three, gets back on defense, gets his hands on a ball, goes in and gets an and one right away that really separated the game and, and really got, got that game going in our favor. And that's just what he does. He makes winning plays. And then, you know, that's that's kind of the guys that, that really do the things offensively for us. But um, we have uh, Chase, Chase Eklund and Drew Campbell, who they don't get a lot of time where you know those names because those guys are just defending. And they are my, my top two defenders. They they are tasked with stopping everybody's best players, and they just get after it on the defensive end, and it makes us really really good. and And so you know, with with that that mix of those guys, we have a good balance, and and we just kind of fit into a puzzle together. and, and the guys understand their role, and that's what what makes us successful right now. Well, uh, Diego Garcia uh, has been kind of a star here on Round Guy Radio for about three years. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, my sports director, Scotty Melvin, is very enamored with his athletic ability uh, on the football field, on the basketball, you know, every everything that, that you bring up. Uh, well, walk me through this. Uh, well, give me a little brief uh, summary of, of the Mount Pleasant playoff game. Yeah, so, you know, that, that game, we knew that right away when we got that draw, the one advantage we had was we're playing at home. But Mount Pleasant is a, is a very good basketball team. They have a lot of weapons. They can hurt you in a lot of different ways. And so we knew that was going to be a tough battle going in. And, you know, they came out from the start, and, and they they were rolling on the offensive end. And lucky for us, we hit enough shots early that, that you know, that game kind of swung in our favor where very easily if we don't hit shots, Mount Pleasant gets momentum in that game early, and it's all of a sudden a different ball game. And, um, you know, it was a back-and-forth battle through the first half, each team trying to figure each other out. Um, and then, you know, the second half, we just kind of took over defensively. Uh, we held Mount Pleasant to 16 points in the second half, and it just it seemed like in the first half they got their hands on a lot of a lot of basketballs. They got a lot of rebounds, a lot of 50-50 balls, and, and in the second half that changed, and we started making the plays. We started getting the rebounds, and, and you know, we, we were good enough, and, and we, we took their runs, and, and we took their best shots, and then we were able to answer in the second half to pull away in that game. And It's not easy. You know, I know the final score – Looked like we ran away with that game, but that game was was a tight game throughout. And, and Mount Pleasant's just an extremely talented team, and and you know we were lucky that we were able to make enough plays defensively, and then finally we busted through in their zone in the second half and, and started scoring a bunch um, out of that, and and that helped 
get us get us that that big lead and that comfortable lead. But it was a fun game. It was a tough game, and and you know credit to to Coach Ross and those guys there in Mount Pleasant. They're they're good, and and it's fun to go on a court with them and to battle with them. And, and you know it was it was a game that lucky we just we just figured out how to make a few more plays and what's carried us throughout the playoffs and then really in February has been our defense, and that was just kind of the difference in that game. Well, uh, uh, okay. Well, this that was um, a little bit of a surprise or um, coin flip, I guess. Uh, but this next game, uh, uh, you go up and face a Solon team that had only lost one game all year long. They're the number one seed. Um, walk me through that game. Yeah. So. We saw on film and, and looked at that game. It's very obvious what we had to do to win that game. Uh, Solon, obviously 21 won their great team, but they are a really, really exceptional team in transition. When they can get out and they can get, get steals and, and cheap layups or when you take quick, bad shots and they can get long rebounds and get out and run, that was a game we couldn't win. There was no way we could run up and down with Solon and, and try to out-athlete their athletes. It just wasn't going to work. So it was kind of the same recipe that we had against Mount Pleasant um, in the fact that we had to control the ball, we had to control the tempo. And, and when I say control the tempo, it's not necessarily we had to play a slow game. We just had to play a half-court game, and we had to make – them work on the defensive end so we needed to run good offense and take good shots all night long not turn the ball over we did get into a little spell there where we we're kind of in control in the first half the last couple minutes of the first half we turned the ball over three or four times they ended up taking a two-point lead at half and that was a game that we couldn't play and it couldn't afford to play luckily at halftime we settled everybody down and we came out and responded in the third quarter i believe we got up by 13 at one point in the third and even got up by seven with a couple minutes left in the game uh and then solon just kept coming at you and you know that's what one of the questions that our newspaper reporter asked said well you had that comfortable lead what happened and, and what happened is just Solon's good, and that's what playoff basketball is, is, you know, teams are going to make runs because teams are good, and, and they came at us, but lucky for us, we never did let them even tie us or, or get a lead in the second half. We always kept the lead, and we just we just ran good enough offense and controlled the tempo of the game, got that game where we wanted it, and, you know, we held them 13 points under their, their season average on the offensive end, because we controlled that tempo and played at our our pace and, and we played our game instead of played their game and that was the biggest reason that we, we had that opportunity to go and win it. Okay. Well, uh, um, really exciting. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about who you play next and what you're going to have to do to uh, tell me a little bit about uh, it's Williamsburg you play, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it's not going to get any easier. You know, they're the other team that's beat Solon this year. So um, uh, they're going to be a tough matchup. Game plan is about the same as it's been against Mount Pleasant against uh, Solon. They they are a bunch of really really talented athletes. That if we try to get into a track meet and into a transition game, it's it's not going to work for us. So again, we got to control the tempo of the game. We can't turn the ball over and and let them get out and run. And and they're a little different than Solon in the aspect that they're bigger. They're, they're taller. So you know, Jackson's going to have to have a big game inside. He's going to have to play defensively really well without fouling um, because they like running a lot of high-low stuff with their bigs, and they like to get the ball inside, and, and you know, they don't shoot it very well. Um, Solon obviously shot a lot better than Williamsburg does, but at the same time, um, Solon doesn't score inside like Williamsburg does. So 
defensive game plan will change a little bit. Offensive game plan will be pretty much the same, and and that's just going to kind of be what it is. Is can we control the tempo and the pace, and and can Jackson control the inside with with the help from our guys? Can we rotate good enough to to stop their high low game and and then still get out on their guards and, and stop them from driving in? Because you know they're a team that wants to get to the rim, and we've got to be able to stop them getting to the rim. Sounds easy while we're talking about it, but with their athletes, it's not that easy. So we're going to have to have a tremendous defensive effort if we want to win that game. Well, they got something going on there in Williamsburg. Um, um, I heard the school had to raise the, the, the doorways and wide them out. <laughs> they, I believe it, man. They, you just watch them on film. Boy, they are big and strong. And when those kids get out there in a basketball uniform, it's pretty obvious why they were state champions in football. They are, they are very impressive. Man, you watch their football. I mean, I remember just uh, uh, watching them play Davis County, you know. And Davis County won a couple games in a row. I think they were 4-1 or something. They're coming in here. I, I foolishly picked them to win the game. and But I knew the minute I started watching that game, I'm like, geez, this is like the Giants against the Midgets. I mean. <laughs> yep, they are different. They yes. are big, big boys up there in Williamsburg. I, I know they uh, – uh, recently had the, I believe the the number one recruited center in the in the in the state uh, last year, I think. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, they, they, they got some good athletes, but it looks like you got some good athletes too. Um, uh, I, I call. I remember uh, uh, talking to your baseball coach uh, and covering a playoff game between them and Fairfield. And boy, they played really great. They got they got that win and, and moved on. And Scotty Melvin and I have just noticed that. There's a real commitment there in Keokuk uh, to make things better, to get better. It seems incrementally you're getting better. Here you are one game away from a, a state tournament berth um, um, with, a, with a really, really talented team. But uh, it looks like you kicked, the, uh, uh, kicked it into high gear with this new football coach that you've hired. Could you talk a little bit about the Marvin McNutt uh, sign, uh, uh, hire? Yeah, you know, we're really excited about that. We actually just got done with our press conference introducing him today for that. And, and he's going to bring so much to, to not just our our kids and, and our school, but to our community as well. You know, he's a guy that believes in, in his God-given gifts that he's had. And he said that, you know, I take those gifts that I was was able to have and and I want to give that back he said that's my responsibility I was blessed to be able to play and have a career that I had I was able to see different things he's like I just want to give that back to the kids and not just our high school kids he talked about the youth and and building those things up and and being there for kids and it's just cool to hear him talk he's such a humble uh, guy that, that he's got a plan, he understands what he wants, and he's just going to be really good for, for our school and our community, and definitely for our football program. He's a guy that he's not going to accept us to be average. You can just tell that by the way he talks and the way he carries himself. He, he knows how hard he had to work to get to the level he did, and he's just going to expect that out of our kids, and it, it fits with what we're trying to do in Keokuk. It, it fits with the movement we've tried trying to have here and the successes that we're trying to build on right now and he's a big piece to that puzzle I was so excited that that we were able to lock him down and you know he was the one that that sought us out he was the one that applied first and you know never in my wildest dreams did I imagine getting a uh, an email that said Marvin McNutt has applied for our football position and so when we did and, and when you interviewed him and you sit down and you talk to him 
you can just see he believes the same things we believe. And, man, just with who he is and what he's done, I think he can take that to the next level at Keokai. Well, I was thinking you did some George Steinbrenner stuff or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I could take all the credit, guy. but I can't. <laughs> but um, but uh, why, why Keokai? Why, why did he – was he just looking for a job and this one was open? Or does he have some connection to the community? Um, why does he want to start his coaching career right there? Yeah, there's, it's kind of interesting. There's a lot, a lot there actually, you know, so for one, he's got a connection to Keokuk with James Vandenberg as they played together. And honestly, they competed against each other in in the quarterback room when, when they both got there as Marvin was recruited out of St. Louis as a quarterback. And um, then they, they saw his skill set and they, they moved him to receiver and obviously that worked out. And, uh, you know, him and James had a pretty good connection there at, at the University of Iowa, and so there was a little connection there. Also, with him being a receivers coach at Coe College, he recruited Southeast Iowa, and so he knew some of our kids. He knew what we had coming back, and, you know, that's a credit to Coach Josh Roberts for um, building a program up enough that people took notice of our kids and of our program, and he did take notice, and he saw what we had coming back, and, you know, he said it was intriguing to him. And then the third thing that we had is – you know, there's not a lot of benefits of being all the way down south in Keokuk. Not a lot of people like coming down here. It's a long way from everything in Iowa. But what it is is it's close. It's as close as he can get to his home in St. Louis and still be in Iowa. I mean, he still does a lot with the University of Iowa where he does some broadcasts and stuff after football games. And um, I think he does a lot of different things with high V. So um, he wanted to still be in Iowa just with the commitments he has. But he also wanted to get closer to home to, to St. Louis. And he said, you know, you guys are as close to St. Louis as I can get and still be in Iowa. So just kind of a combination of all that is what led him to apply. And then once we heard him and, and talked to him in an interview, it, it was obvious he was going to be a piece that would help us in, in our vision that we have here in Keokuk. Man, to say that his career worked out is a kind of an understatement, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good switch to wide receiver for him. I think they well, all... He's literally my favorite Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. I love watching him. I think he's the all-time leading receiver he was when he... Yes, yep, yep. Career in single season and receiving yards and, I believe, touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he and, and he's just he's just such a likable guy. I mean, just very personable. And, and you know, you just... He's, he's one of those guys when you when he speaks you listen and and he's a guy that just kind of gets it and and that's what I'm excited about is you know he's going to demand the respect of our kids but he also understands that our kids need loved on too you know they, they don't need the drill sergeant coach that's that's always in them they need discipline they need they need people that are going to push them and push them as hard as you possibly can but man our kids just respond when they know that they're loved by their coaches and they're loved by people and it just works that way in Keokuk for whatever reason um, and he's got that and he understands that and that was part of his interview and that's just the person he is and where you say that he's your favorite Hawkeye like I believe that I believe that's a lot of people's favorite Hawkeye because of his personality and how he handles himself and how he goes about things. He's just a guy that people will like and people will follow, and that's pretty exciting. Well, I certainly liked his grit and determination and his ability to overcome obstacles, man. I mean, just a guy when you really need something, you can go to. And that, that was that was him, and, and uh, if he can inspire that kind of stuff, you're going to win a lot of games. You know, I'm thinking about it. Uh, 
um, I interviewed your bowling coach uh, uh, one time. It sounded like it seemed like at least that year you had some really good uh, uh, bowlers. Uh, tell me a little bit about your bowling program. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because, you know, before our press conference today, we had our big assembly to welcome home our state champion girls bowling team and our sixth place finished boys team and our state champion individual girls. So we had a really nice week last week and or this this week in bowling. And uh, so we we had uh, starting off on Monday, Jalen Ketterer was the individual champion. She uh she actually had to bowl against Sophia Rule in the semifinal, which is another one of our bowlers. So we got a, a first place finish and a third place finish at the state individual bowling meet with those two. And then the girls ended up winning the team title on Wednesday. And um, at the assembly today, Coach Ryan Moore, he said that um, in in the Baker games that all out of all the Baker games of the state tournament, our goal, our girls had a 200 score 10 times out of um, 15, I guess it was. So 10 out of 15 frames, our girls had over a 200 game. And everybody else combined in the state tournament only bowled 10 games over 200. So it was really just a dominating performance by our girls' bowling team. And our boys' bowling team, they missed out on the championship round there by seven pins. And then they ended up finishing six. So they had a great, great showing there, got into the medal rounds, got them a medal, got them a trophy. And man, it's just, I, I said to coach Moore this year that, you know, there's coaches that take teams to state and, and, you know, you look back and this is any sport and you say, man, those were, that was a really good team or a really good couple of years. But for our bowling program to have the consistent success they have year in and year out, there's got to be coaching involved there. And then it's just not coincidental that you have a group that, that takes you to state. They do it every year. And that's a lot of credit to coach Ryan Moore. He he's really good at what he does. The bowling community out there at Arrowhead bowl, they take all these kids in as that when they're young, they bowl, they bowl all the time. And, and it's just a big family out there. And, and it just, it really works for them. And the successes they have speaks, speaks, to what they've done and and who they are and and it's it's just very very impressive to have the sustained success that they've had if if you know if that was one of our our top popular sports you know people would just be raving about a dynasty and, and what this dynasty is and that's what he's got he's got a bowling dynasty here in the state of iowa and and it is very very impressive yeah uh, uh um all your programs start with the coach uh you get the right coach in there, uh, he can he can really make a difference in a program. Uh, another guy I interviewed uh, uh, from the Keokuk Chiefs, uh, a guy, I, I can't remember his name, but I really liked him, and I thought he was enthusiastic, was your golf coach. Uh, we're getting ready to start the golf season. you got a couple minutes on the golf. Yeah, so uh, did, was it Nate Ames, our girls' golf coach, or our boys' golf coach? It was boys. Boys, Kevin Boger, yep. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good guy and, and he's, he's a really good golfer too. He's, you know, we out, we golf quite a bit, see him out, but, um, you know, he's, he's really working on building his program. Um, he's got some kids, you know, this year we're going to have a couple individual kids. I think that that can make a little bit of noise, but in the next couple of years, he's done a good job with some of our younger kids and with our youth program. Uh, we've got some middle school kids that are pretty talented golfers right now. And, and got some up and coming kids that, that are, that are going to be pretty good, I think. And, and I think once we get those kids up with golf, when, especially in the team aspect, 
man, it's a numbers thing, and you you've got to have some pretty solid golfers to compete um, at the team level. And and I think right now we just don't have enough good golfers up at the high school level to compete at a team level. But we do have some individuals. But in a couple of years with these kids and, and what he's been building, we're going to have where we've got, you know, six, seven kids that can go, all go out and, you know, shoot low 40s. And, you know, maybe we don't have that kid that's under par every single day. But when you have four to six kids that can shoot low 40s, you have a chance. And, and that's kind of where he's going at, what he's developing. And, and you know, I think that's going to get there. I, you just kind of see it coming. And so, uh, you know, it's credit to him for, for sticking with it and, and building this program up. And I'm hoping in the next couple of years he gets rewarded for that. Well, uh, are you ready for some breaking news? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, well, uh, Scotty Melvin and I uh, are, are naming you 3A Coach of the Year. Uh and what's really tight, there's a lot of good ones, and um, we weren't quite sure who to pick between Fort Madison and Mount Pleasant and Keokuk because it was a, a, a razor-thin margin between the three of you guys uh, at the end of the season. But this this playoff performance has put you over the top, and uh, congratulations on such an outstanding season. Well, I appreciate that. You know, just, just to to be in that mix with those guys is, is special. And, and it is, it is something that, you know, you, you, as you grow older as a coach, you, you really start appreciating these things, uh, at, at the aspect of man, to, to be able to, to be considered a coach of the year, that means your kids have just really bought in and believed in what, what you're doing. And, and that's something that's, that's special to me, this group, like last year, they had to listen to the crazy coach tell them when we're getting beat that they're so close to winning. We're so close to turning the corner and, and just trust me and believe me that this is going to happen, that, that we can get there. And, and this year, even too, you know, with six losses, the, they, a lot of those losses were tough losses to swallow and, and hard losses to swallow. And, um, you know, they just kept believing that, that we were there and that we could be special and, and to have it all come together like it has at the end of the year, it's just you're just extremely happy for those kids to see their successes. And, and anytime you can win a Coach of the Year award, it just means your kids bought in and believed in what you're doing as a coach and they trusted in you. And they went out and they worked extremely hard for you. And that's all you can ask for as a coach. And and I've been very fortunate over my career to have a lot of guys that, that wanted to work hard for me and the, that believed in me and, and our coaching staff and what we do. So, yeah, that's special. And, and I, it really means a lot to me that – that you guys would select me for something like that. And, you know, with coach Wilson and coach Rawson being, being in the name with those guys, you know, that's, that's something that's special to me too, because those guys are really good coaches. They got really good programs. And, you know, the Southeast conference is fun coming from Missouri. We had a lot of tournaments in season tournaments and stuff. And, and the, the in season tournaments were, were fine and they were, they were good and, and I enjoyed them, but how we have basketball set up in Iowa where, the Southeast Conference, every single Friday night's a conference game. It's it's fun because, you know, you know exactly where you stand in the conference night, every Friday night. You know what you got to do. It's tough to win. I don't care who it's against. You know, Fairfield um, had Mount Pl- 
wasn't on the ropes at their place. Fairfield had us on the ropes at their place this season. It's it's one of those things that it doesn't matter your record, doesn't matter who you are. Every Friday night in the Southeast Conference is tough, and and it's fun. And you know to have those other two guys with with Coach Ross and Coach Wilson in there, they're very deserving too because they did a really really good job with their teams. And yeah, it's just it's a really fun conference, and and I just absolutely love competing against those guys playing those Friday night Southeast Conference games. Well, the Keokuk Chiefs have uh, have uh, uh, the Round Guy Radio family with uh, four, well, four teams uh, with a chance. Unfortunately, two teams are playing each other uh, as Winfield and Holy Cross are, are uh, only one of the two will, will go on, but with West Burlington, uh, uh, man, that, that West Bur- Burlington, Fort Madison, Keokuk area just alone has some good Great basketball, don't they? Yeah, we were talking about that, me and my wife and my assistant coach on our drive home. That's what we were saying. We're like, man, we can really represent up there in Des Moines if we all take care of business these next few days. It, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to, to see Southeast Iowa, you know, really really making a name for themselves. And, and man, those teams, you know, I, I don't get to see Winfield Mount Union a whole lot, but, but Holy Trinity, West Burlington, they are – very talented teams. They've had special years all year long, and you know it would be pretty cool if, if we all could get up there and 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 represent our area down here oh, and, and represent it well. It, it'd be a very special time. So hopefully we can all take care of business. I like the way you're talking there. That that's yeah. good. That that would be good. Uh, well, coach, thank you so much for being with us. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you want to talk about? Man, I think I think we got it all. You, you hit me on a lot of things. I've I've really enjoyed my time. Well, you, with you, you, with you. That you, was that was fun. You you know uh, if you can get Tom Brady on your staff uh, uh, somewhere <laughs> along there, you're about guaranteed uh, uh, athletic director of the year. Uh, you're, yeah, all, all right. Yeah, I'll keep working on that and see what I can do. And I'll get Coach McNutt to get on your show with you too. He loves doing the media stuff. So oh, we'll, we'll I can't wait for that. Him. That that might do it right there. That yeah, might that yeah, might just tip yeah, it over the go. top. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Man, I'll see what I can do. Thanks for being with us, Coach. Yep, thank you very much. I really appreciate you.